This is episode three of the Pre-Professional Podcast. I'm co-host Zach Kraft. I'm Colton Watching. And we have an actual, supposedly, educational episode today. More educational than just our journey, I guess. But I do want to start by going back to the second podcast. I made a statement um, about how I got to know Colton at the beginning of my freshman year, and I asked him... Supposedly, I, we did a workout, and he didn't remember me, but there was some investigation done, and it seems as if Colton was the first one to message, so really, he's just, he was just really playing hard to get. So he probably does remember it, he just wants to act like he's cool. The, uh, the thing Zach's not telling everybody is that he was the one that started and initiated the conversation in class. I was just You have up. no proof. You're right, I don't. <laughs> You I don't. don't. I don't, but... So... There we go. All right. Disclaimer that I'm not as much of a loser as that made me seem like. And Colton's not as cool as that made him <laughs> seem like. I, de- I felt bad when you started talking about that. And yeah. I did not remember. You definitely should feel bad. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I feel bad. I don't really feel bad anymore because you just called me out, but... Yeah. Well, I feel like you... I feel If we don't get called out sometimes in our life, we have no... No area of mistake to, like, grow from. I agree. Just like that Pat Davidson thing that I just read off. He's talking about the things that he doesn't do great, but he's always going to show up, and he's going he's gonna to grow from his mistakes. So, Colton, you've made mistakes. That was one of them. Major. Uh, if, <laughs> major, you would, major if you would have gotten to know me earlier, maybe we could have started this earlier. Yeah, we would have been, like, two years into our pre-professional podcast. I agree. We actually would have done well. Dang. So this, so this we is are on doing me. well. So this is on me. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if this okay. podcast doesn't take off, it's your fault. Okay. I'll, and I'll, I'll take that. I'll blame you for it forever. Okay. Cool. All right. Now that we got that all cleared out of the way, <laughs> we're gonna start actually talking about what this episode is. So we're gonna do episode three, and we're gonna talk about education versus experience. Now we had a listener send us a question um, that Colton has here on his phone, and he'll read it off. Okay, so this uh, listener messaged us saying, a good question for your podcast. When it comes to someone looking for help with training and accomplishing goals, should someone prioritize looking for a professional with experience, possibly achievements in a similar arena of fitness, or education, possibly notoriety, as the most important? So basically what's more important, education or experience? And see, I feel like that's like a really good question just for people trying to siphon out the good and the bad. Um, there's so much content out there, especially on social media, which I would assume other than the classroom, that's where most pe- most people get their information. Yeah, especially people who don't know exactly what they're doing and they're looking for things to do. They'll go to social media and find a lot of that stuff there. Yeah, so that's exactly what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to try to talk about the differences and kind of just like how to look for the good and look for the bad and how to really point out the ugly. So the first question is really what is education versus experience? Now, the question had kind of a, I don't know, a brief explanation as to what it is. But I think like in terms of making it a little more concise, I would say like education would be those people that you see maybe in a textbook, maybe on Instagram, maybe YouTube, whatever you decide to look at your social media or try to get some some sort of information from. Uh, Those are the people with PhDs, DC, MD, DO, the list goes on forever, CSCS, NASM, whatever 
whatever letters you have next to your name, for some reason that, that determines your credibility. And then experience would be, say, somebody doesn't have those letters next to their name, but they've been field tested, right? So they got their certification just to say they have it, didn't pay attention to the course, but what they're doing really works. And obviously you can't necessarily do that in the realm of healthcare, but in the realm of training, personal training and getting the body to be um, a, a machine, uh, more of an, uh, a weapon, not an ornament, then um, I feel like depending on what your letters are, it doesn't matter. You can kind of do whatever you, whatever you want. Yeah, I think that's, that's what's tricky about this field is it's different than what like the health field is, like you said, because you have, you have to be smart to get your Ph.D. You have to be smart to become a Cairo, DPT, uh, things like that, whereas like personal training, you can go online and do like a one-hour session, pay 50 bucks, and become certified to be a personal trainer. Or you can go and go through your CSCS or like these other higher up, like SCCC, uh, USAW, things where it takes months and you have all these hours of internship that you have to fill out. You have to go through um, vigorous testing. So it's it's one of those things where like in personal training, the, the cream rises to the top, I, I believe, because um, anyone can be a personal trainer. But if you want to stay a personal trainer and be successful, you have to put in the work. You can't just go through and do a one-hour course and pay 50 bucks. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of schmucks out there. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's so many, like, people on YouTube, Instagram, that just because they're genetically gifted or they might have taken steroids sometime in their life, obviously, you never know. Uh, but these people with insane genetics, um, insane physiques, incredibly strong, but just say, you, say you're a power lifter and you have good genetics and you're incredibly strong and you're just muscling everything up with terrible technique – and like, yeah, you might have a 700-pound deadlift, but you're in no position to tell anyone how to, how to grow their deadlift, being as your discs in your back are screaming every time you pick up a bar, but genetically you can just do it because you were made that way. Or those aesthetic freaks that just, I don't know, started working out when they were younger. Um, their muscles took well to weight training, and they just kind of took off. So really, you just gotta you gotta determine. A lot of the way I, I look at it is how people talk, um, how they articulate, and if they can give you a why for the reason behind it. Like if some big powerlifter came up to you and was like, "I can teach you how to, how to do seven hundred pounds," you'd be like, "Awesome!" So like, why does this work? He's like, "Uh, well, I was picking up seven hundred pounds." It's like, okay, well that obviously that's not gonna help, right? Also, did you use a, like a, a milk reference? You said cream to the top? Yeah, cream rises. Never heard of that. Never cream rises to the top. I mean it does. Yeah. You're not wrong. But I just that that kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh there's a there's a difference in experience of going to the gym and working out and a difference of experience of like actually training people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like you kinda gotta focus on what people say. If someone can't tell you why it works, then they don't know what they're talking about. And that's probably, again, it always comes back to asking that question, why? Um, yeah, it's, I'm, yeah, cream rises to the top, I guess. Cream rises to the top. And that kind of moves on to, like, why we think this is, is, is important. I think it's so important. So when I got, when we got that question, I was like, shoot, 
that's going to be an awesome like idea for a podcast episode. And it's one of those things that not any, like not a lot of people look at it. You know, there's so many people that are stuck in their ways of like, Oh, the science, the science, the science, the science, as you can see in our world today, like, Oh, the science. Okay. Well, tell me about the science. What does the science say? Or you just listen to what one dude tells you just because he's got DR in front of his name and whatever letters he has after his name. But that actually also brings up another conversation that we shouldn't get into. Very political. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that right now. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, that but anyways, it's one of those things that like is are these people credible? Or or are we just listening to them because someone says we're supposed to? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think a lot of times not one answer fits every single question. It It's kind of like for me, this is a very loaded question that this listener asked. But it's a good question, but it's loaded because every situation is different. So like our Professor Christie, she has all the education. She's very smart, has multiple certifications, got her master's. She was an athletic trainer. She has her certifications in strength and conditioning, but like I would not go to her for a powerlifting workout or a powerlifting program. I would go to other people who have experience but less education, experience coaching, not necessarily experience lifting. And I think she would tell you that. Yeah, exactly. But that's what makes her a good coach is she knows she can't do everything and she knows when to uh, divert other you pl- to other places. Yeah. I'm not trying to crap on Christy at all. But. No, 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 no. And I think, and I think, obviously, like there's definitely people like Christy who don't love load. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Kairos who don't love load, but there's a lot of Kairos who absolutely love load, which I, I will be one of those chiropractors that loves load. I know. I feel like there's so many benefits to it, and obviously, my opinion doesn't necessarily matter right now, or does it? Well, that's the thing that's funny that we're talking about. We have no education, or we have no education really, or experience. Yeah. So you can take what we say with a grain of salt because we are pre-professionals. Or you can just take it straight to heart and do everything we say. Exactly. But we're not liable if you get hurt. Because if you learned anything from this podcast, it's take everything we say truthfully. Yes, 100%. If we say it, it's probably gold. (laughs) Put it down on a notepad and use it sometime within your practice. Put it on an essay question on a test. And I guarantee you, you probably will get like a C plus. Pre-professional podcast is not liable for that previous statement Zach just made. Yes. <laughs> um, so I feel like a good question to ask in terms of like education and experience would be like, is there a happy medium for both? Like, do you see, I'll ask you, do you specifically see, say in social media, a, a medium for both of them? Like the people with education and experience just being these absolute rock star trainers. Uh, yeah, first person that came to mind is Marcus Philly. He uh, he actually went on and went to grad or not grad school. He went to med school for a year or two and then dropped out and then realized med school wasn't what he wanted. Uh, he enjoys training. Went to the CrossFit Games, I believe, six or seven times, I believe. Um, and now he's this um, trainer and he has all these programming. He's huge into it's functional bodybuilding is what he what he puts out there and that's his company. But yeah, he, like, he has somewhat of the education, but he also has a ton of training and experience. So it kind of that kind of fits that happy medium that I feel like you're talking about. And so, does he have any letters next to his name? 
he doesn't post about him. So, and that's the thing. So people could be like, oh, he's not credible. But the thing is, obviously, you see his programming, you see his results, and you see his credibility through the way he does his stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you look on his Instagram, he explains everything. He uh, tells you why everything he does isn't just because he saw someone else do it. He's put it through the test, and he delivers a program that has been tested by him. And that's another thing, too, is, like, if you ha- if you have someone – who is giving you a program or things like that, but they don't do it or they don't test things like that, I should probably shy away from them. And I feel like that in with my own stuff, like I have a buddy who wants to work out and he's like, Hey man, program with me. And I'm like, okay, I will not program for you. I was like, but I'll program for both of us so I can go through it as well and make sure that we're both completing it in an efficient way. There's no like potential injury. There's no excessive fatigue because there's once you get to the point that you're getting excessive fatigue and you need to clean up movements and that's that's one of the things like so many people train to failure which obviously there's so many benefits for it but if you can't even complete a movement correctly you're failing like say you get you're going for 15 reps you hit eight reps clean nine ten eleven are so disgusting you failed it you failed at eight yeah that's kind of like at the nfl combine when they have to bench 225 and mm-hmm. they're just bouncing off their chest. Yeah, like it's scabs are flying out. Yeah, bouncing off their chest, butts hitting heaven. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, you can argue that the NFL Combine and the bench press tests are kind of stupid, but yeah, it's really just who has strong delts and can do whatever they want to do, right? Like yeah. they just can just throw weight up in the air. But I would say a happy medium for um, this whole realm of exercise science, or like understanding. I don't know, understanding the, the experience and education. My first thought, this is no surprise to you, would be Dr. Jordan Shallow uh, at a prescript. He's a chiropractor and an absolute freak of nature. So would you consider him a medium, though, because he does have his doctorate? Yeah, so he's got his doctorate, right? But he doesn't have um, any like personal training certifications, but... He teaches personal training certifications. And personally, I think chiropractors or physical therapists or people that have gone through this like schooling are incredibly certified to do these sorts of personal training. Because not only do you have an understanding, especially if you if you enjoy exercise, not necessarily do you have you have this like understanding of the human body better than any of these personal trainers do. I guarantee you could go up to a personal trainer in a commercial gym and be like, okay, so you're having this person do a dumbbell row. Like, what's, what is the intent in this dumbbell row? And what, are they, what exactly are they working? Like, what are your cues? Because this person right now looks like they're just picking it up with their elbow. Like, that elbow movement is all that they're doing. So really, is there anything coming out of that? And so with Jordan Shallow, he has this incredible, just like absolutely just mind-blowing understanding of like muscle fibers, how they work. Um, He knows every origin, every insertion. He knows the proper like way they should move. And so I think the fact that he knows that, it makes him such a good coach and such a good trainer. And obviously looking at him like he's put it to the test. I mean, and he's still putting it to the test. He's a competitive pro raw powerlifter. I don't know what his total is. Probably, probably close to two k, something like that. Like seven seven four. I would assume that's probably what it what his squat bench and dead is. 
But it's just one of those things, like, obviously, like, there's chiropractors out there that don't train. I mean, they're twigs. Either they're a twig or they're a little bit overweight, right? I would not, like, yeah, they've had all this schooling, but I would not trust them to put me through a workout program. Yeah, that's that's something I wanted to talk about, too, was there can be people who have all the education in the world and, like, are super smart at programming exercises, programming all these different workouts. But for me, if someone doesn't do it themselves, I don't trust them, no matter how smart they are. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where it's like you can know exactly what you're talking about, but if you yourself don't put it into practice, I'm not going to listen to you. And that's one of the things, like, in theory, it works, right? You're like, oh, um, I'm going to have this person do this program that I created. It's an eight-week hypertrophy block now. I don't train for hypertrophy, and I've never done this myself. But in theory, it's supposed to work because we're working within the rep ranges and percentages. And depending on how how aggressively this person goes out it, at it, like it's going to work. And that's true to a point. Like, I mean, if you if you put the muscle underneath a load, give it a stimulus, most likely it's going to adapt and it's going to grow. That's just common knowledge and how the body works. Yeah. But if you don't test it, it's just kind of hard to understand. Like, because there's a lot of good programs, there's a lot of bad programs. And that's one of the things. And you can't always take what everybody says. Like, I'm just going to say it. If Dr. Fauci says something, I don't believe it anymore. At this point, I do not believe it. I thought you were going to say Dr. Joel Seidman, not Dr. Fauci. Okay, well, Dr. Joel Seidman, I I like him a lot better than Dr. Fauci. I will say that. (laughs) I I would do all the Joel Seidman workouts before I do anything that uh, Dr. Fauci says to do. I don't even care if it's political. I'll be honest. <laughs> he can come for me right now. Fauci or Seedman? <laughs> Both. I don't know. I would say Joe Seedman just he does kind of have some mass on him. Yeah. He that's the thing. It's like he's a doctor. His PhD. He gets results with what he does. Is the theory behind it the smartest? Honestly, who am I though to crap on him as a pre professional with no CSCS, haven't even graduated um, from Grace College yet, and here he, here he is, he has his PhD, and he does put what he says into practice, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, maybe the theory behind it. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny when you said, like, I haven't even graduated from Grace College. I'm like, yeah, Grace College is the most accredited university in the entire nation, and then I was like, that actually kind of fits into this whole education versus experience, because yeah, I mean... If you look at our exercise science program, we have, what, 80 people out of 1,000 people in a school? Um, And technically, we probably wouldn't even get put up there with the highest ranked. But if you were immersed into the exercise science program and got to know Christy and got to know the profs that we have, you would quickly realize that our exercise science program is very good. Oh, 100%. So just because we don't have that, like, nationally... I don't know, touted, whatever the word is, accreditation, that doesn't mean that we don't have that it factor to take people and put them out and have them be actual great professionals sometime within their life. I I would like to believe that Grace College was the beginning of me becoming a very smart person in this field. Like, I'm sure I could have gone to other colleges who would not have taught me nearly as much as what Christy has. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, like we're some small school in Warsaw, Indiana, Winona Lake, Indiana. No one, no one really knows about Grace College unless you're from the area. 
it's not like people travel from all over the world. It is funny when you're well, you're out of state or whatever. They're like, oh, so you go to college? I'm like, yeah. Like, Where do you go? You go, I Grace College. And they go, oh, yeah. Yeah, Grace College. They're expecting like IU, Ball State, like, you don't You don't know where Grace College is. You don't even know where Winona Lake is. Exactly. And then you go Warsaw. They're like, I'm like, you pass through <laughs> it when you're on your way to Chicago coming from. They're like, oh, shoot, yeah. Like, I know exactly where that is. Culver's they, on the left side. That BP's on the right. Yeah, and they still <laughs> still don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, I feel like that all kind of ties in with the whole accreditation and whatnot. Like, there's not a lot of places that if you have a question or you want to debate a topic, you can't just, like, at a big school, you can't just go to your professor and tell him that you think that what he just taught you was wrong. Yeah, I will say, like, especially with when it comes to FMS, you and Christy... My favorite test. You and Christy butt heads like no other about the FMS. But that's what's nice is Christy is open to that conversation, and she's not just going to tell you off because she's a professor and whatever she says goes. Yes. She's welcoming of that conversation, and that's why I want her to come so bad on this podcast and have you two talk about FMS. I'm just going to sit in the back and play devil's advocate. <laughs> and that's the thing, like... I'm obviously not a doctor, but I am able to formulate questions that could potentially like make this FMS fall apart. If you, just, I mean, you just have to look at it. Yeah. I mean, what sorts of movements are functional? I don't want to get into it because this is another podcast, which is what we've already done, and we will have a podcast about this. Yes. But. Um, but it's one of those things. I will say, just kind of a rabbit trail here. As a pre-professional, your questions are valid. I mean, just because you don't have the education doesn't mean that you can't formulate a thought to attack something that's considered, like, set in stone or, like, the gold standard. I mean, because that's what the FMS is. Consider what? Like, the gold standard of movement screenings? I don't I don't know if it's a gold standard. I think it's – FMS is, like, the only movement screen really out there. There might be some, but, like, the FMS is the most known and most mm-hmm. common, I guess. Um yeah, no, I like what you mentioned about that. Is it just because you don't have education or experience doesn't mean what you think is wrong, or doesn't mean your opinions aren't valid or don't matter. Um, it's harder to convince people because you aren't educated or experienced. But you could you could be a hundred percent true. Um, it's just hard for people to believe you. Yeah. And one of those things is you have to have, like, a willingness to fail. It's the same thing with the gym. Like, whenever you get under a bar, say you're going for a max, like, you have to be able to understand, like, it's you you might not get this, but you're going to push until you can't, right? And so the same thing within, like, an educational setting. Like, you might not know the answer, and the question might not be great, but you should still ask that question because, say, it gets shut down. Okay, that question shut down. Why did it get shut down? Can I formulate it better? You ask the other question. Someone might get – then that opens up conversation. And conversation is where people grow, I think. I think it's the best platform for people to grow. Yeah, I mean there's multiple times. Like at Grace, I've asked questions that I thought were good, but then like people laugh at them or they're like, why would you ask that type of things? And it's like I'm just trying to learn and get better and grow. And it's you can't do that if you don't ask questions, no matter how stupid it is. Like the whole there's no stupid questions. Like there are stupid questions in this world. But dumb like, questions get dumb answers. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where it's like you, if you want the answer to it, you have to ask the question type mm-hmm. of thing. And it's actually fun too because our physics professor, Tyler Scott, you had him last year. And he's the definition of dumb questions get dumb answers. So like you ask him a question that he might think is dumb and he'll give you an answer that you might think is dumb. <laughs> 
But if you can finally found, find a way to formulate your question by asking other questions, then he'll give you what you, what you want. And I think that it really is kind of an exercise that's real helpful for a lot of people. If you can find a way to formulate a good question, you can start conversation and get exactly what you want. Yeah. I was going to ask, how's, uh, how's physics going? It's going well. It is going well. I will say the beginning, it really sucked. But now, um, once I figured out how to ask questions, I started talking in class. I got, I felt very stupid twice. One, I answered a question completely wrong. I mean, he definitely told me off and told me that it was wrong. And everyone knew that I'm just the dumbest person in the class. But now we're good. Just took an exam. I feel very good about that exam. Good. Not to toot my own horn, but I feel very good about that exam. So physics is going well. Good. It's hard to beat. Let's let's circle back because we had a question about people that we look up in the realm, like the happy medium of both realms, and we kind of got off of that. And there was somebody that I, someone else I wanted to talk about. So obviously, it's in the same vein as Jordan Shallow, but his name's Killian Hamilton. Now, Killian Hamilton has no letters next to his name, not one. He actually didn't even go to college. But I guarantee he could sit with some of the smartest people in the realm of exercise science and tell them off. Yeah, and that's kind of what I like about the whole prescript thing is um, it's it's kind of like not a hodgepodge, but there's a couple different people in there. You have a you have Cairo, you have someone who doesn't have really any education. Um, you have another Cairo, obviously, but like you just have these groups of people, but they come together and they're all complementary of each other, and that's what makes them so good. It's like if you you can follow Prescript or the RX Radio podcast, blah blah blah. But like, just listening to them and hearing them talk and seeing what they post, you can just tell that every single one of them knows exactly what they're doing, and each one of them fill in a certain spot of Prescript. Exactly, and like with Killian Hamilton, he teaches a skill acquisition course, which is just like the ability to acquire a skill. And yes, it's mostly within the realm of like barbell training as well as using machines and free weights and whatnot. But the ability that he has to articulate his thoughts in a way that's understandable and in a way that most people don't think, I think is one of those things that you can't teach in school. And if you ask any doctor, I mean, maybe, maybe not MDs or whatever, because I don't understand what all happens in medical school really. But if you ask a chiropractor, They'll say the chiropractic college prepared you for nothing other than to pass your board exam. Like for a lot of them, they're like, I did not learn how to adjust a person in chiropractic school. I learned outside of chiropractic school by other doctors that did this and did that. This didn't work. This worked. So now we've kind of created our own system that works 100% of the time. And now we're going to show you that while you're in school so you can actually be a good doctor. I did not know that. That's yeah. uh, that's kind of not good, it seems. And especially because you're paying what? For a lot of schools, anywhere between ten dollars to $15,000 a trimester or thirty grand a year, depending on what school you go to. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for one exam. And I just like, I mean, I think a board is 800 bucks. Take like six of them. So you're paying all this money for school just to pass these exams that you have to pay money for, which I think is another, like, one of those things, like, I think it's stupid that you have to get your driver's license renewed and you have to pay for it. 
I'm like, that's so dumb. <laughs> They're like, so you have to do this. Or you can't, or you're not, it's not a valid license, but we are going to make you pay for it. Just a way to make more money. It really is. Every single person that turns 21 is going to give the the government 21, I mean, 17 bucks. I think that's what I paid. And it's not like it's the $17. It's the principle behind it. Yeah, it's not the thing. It's the principle of the thing. Like, they don't need that money. I mean, they do need the money. They're so in debt, but like, where is that? I mean, I know my $17 isn't going to our, our national debt. I know that for sure. I mean, I can't really complain too much about it because I don't know if I would have spent that $17 effectively as well. I would have. What would you have done with it? 17 bucks? Uh, probably would have gotten about an eighth of a gas tank. Okay, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, especially gas. especially now. These, that was 340 when I passed by the gas station. Yeah, it's insane. Like the fact that I used my Kroger points and still paid 320 for a gallon, that's just so disappointing. <laughs> I think at the peak of COVID... I I think I filled it for $28, and then I filled it for like 52 bucks, like yesterday, which is just absolutely insane. So I'm spending, what, $24 more than, was it $24? Yeah, I spent $24 more Quick math. than I should be doing. Quick math. I'm not good at math, <laughs> so that's, that's a tough one. Um, I think we have one more question, uh, and that would be, do we have credibility? And how do you know if you have credibility? As a listener, I mean, that's definitely a question that you would want to know. Do we have credibility? In a educational sense, no, we don't have any letters next to our name. But we're going through the education, so we might have some sort of understanding. Obviously, Colton's closer to the end than I am. So, I mean, give him a couple weeks and then... In terms of education, yeah, he's got the credibility. December thirtieth ish, I will I will have some letters next to my name, Lord willing, if I pass my CSCS. Um, technically, like if you guys can't see, but in air quotes, I will be credible. But but December twenty ninth, don't ask him a single question because he has no credibility. Yeah, no, don't ask me. I will no. I will know nothing until I submit my exam and pass it. Exactly. So if that answers your question, yes. We have some sort of credibility in terms of we are going through school and we are learning and we are applying what we know. Now, like in terms of training, like if I'm in the gym, I could probably teach you some technique stuff. I'm decent at technique. It's not my in, – in terms of powerlifting, it's not what I – I'm not the best at it, but I know it. And I would never try to fix your technique if it's not horrible. But I can tell you like, hey, you should probably not do that. Like, don't do that exercise. You will probably hurt yourself. I think we have, like, a relative credibility. Yeah. Kind of dependent upon what situation we're in. So, like, if we're going to the the rec center here, no one really knows what they're doing. We have credibility. More credibility than what a lot of other people have. We go into a PT or a Cairo. We don't have any credibility because we don't have the letters next to our name. We don't have the education. We don't have anything, really to go and give us credibility. So it's, I mean, I don't know if relative credibility is actually a thing or not, but that's kind of how I would, how I would see ourselves. And so if you look at myself, so obviously in Indiana, there's, I stated earlier, there's kind of a gray area in who can do like chiropractic assistant work, right? So at the clinic that I worked at, I was um, a chiropractic assistant. I did exercise therapy. And so I got to see kind of how, different things were diagnosed and how we treated those 
with, I mean, exercise therapy, whatever other sort of modalities we use, dry needling and whatnot. But so in that situation, would you say I'm experienced? In that specific. So do I have that experience? So say somebody came up to me at the gym. They're like, oh, my back's really hurting. And I'm like, okay, so what are you, what are you, like, what are you feeling? And they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. I have a lot of pain in my back, say, on the left side. And you look at them, and they're good. You're like, okay, how's your breathing? And they automatically just start taking breaths to the chest. And I'm like, okay, well, when you squat, do you, do you stabilize yourself? They're like, yeah, just, just watch. Breaths go straight to the chest. Like, at that point, you can be like, okay, maybe you should, you should look into breathing through your stomach. Throw them in a dead bug and teach them how to do that. And that is the right answer. That's, that's how you solve that problem. So I would say if you have the experience and you know the right answer, you have credibility in that. Like obviously you can't go adjust a person fully and then take their money and call yourself a chiropractor. So what's your definition of the right answer? Because there's hundreds of different right answers. Um, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, what is the right answer? I could ask anyone the same thing. You could walk into the clinic that I work at that has result after result, five-star review after five-star review, and they'll say that they have the right answer to solve whatever problem you have. But then somebody else could completely disagree and be like, okay, so who has, who has the right answer? We both see results. Both our patients like us. So then really, like, who's doing it right? Are we both doing it right? And then you, I think you got to look at contradiction. Like, what's contradicting the other? Are they contradicting the other? And if they're not, leave them alone. You know, yeah. In the real world, multiple answers will answer the same question. And I think a lot of multiple answers have the same base principle. Yeah, it's the base principle. Like in that example, is heal the patient, get them back on their feet, doing whatever they were doing before. Exactly. And in terms of like, say somebody has back pain, a lot of back pain is due to core instability. So that base of back pain is okay. Let's fix their core stability. Now, obviously, spasm difference. Spasms are different, and you have to release that. But for the most part, I mean, a lot of back injuries can be treated the same way. Obviously, you have to teach them different movement patterns. I will say trying to teach an older person to hip hinge that's never hip hinged in their life is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Like, I would rather redo my four years of school than, like, go every day teaching an older person how to hip hinge. My experience in internships, too, is, like, hinging, like, being able to coach and cue a hinge is probably the hardest movement. And that's for college-age kids, so it's not Which just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, like, a hinge is something everybody should be able to do. And that just shows how screwed up everybody's movement pattern is. Yeah, because, I mean, no one, like, in high school, no one teaches movement patterns in high school. I don't know, were you ever taught movement patterns in high school? Dude, I wasn't taught anything in high school. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't either. No one, no one was like, here, here's how you do a proper deadlift. Here's how you properly do an RDL, single leg RDL. None of that. It was just, all right, we're doing five sets of three on deadlift today. Exactly. And I guarantee you could walk into a high school weight room and you could just, everything is so cringy. Yeah. It's just how much volume can we produce in this one session? Yeah, exactly. So if that helps anything, I, I know we kind of got off of, on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but... If you know the right answer or supposedly the right answer um, and you've seen it done, you've worked with it, you've experienced it, I would say you have credibility within that realm. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's just one of the, I don't want to try to make like a, like a absolute answer to this one question just because it's so um, 
ambiguous. Amb- yeah, that's a good word. Ambiguous. It's just, I f- and I feel like too, most people are smart enough to know if something, it, someone or something is credible or not. It might be hard in the beginning, but the more you look at it, the more you'll be able to tell. Like if a personal trainer is just giving you some hodgepodge, here's a four by five, five by five, blah, blah, blah type of set that he gives to every single person, they're not credible. Mm-hmm. If um, you go in and someone like the personal trainer cares for you, they're checking on more than just the workout you're doing. They're actually um, trying to understand you as a per- – like there's more that goes into personal training than just being able to program mm-hmm. a certain workout. Um, yeah, so it's – I don't know. Like you said, it's an ambiguous question, so I don't want to give a definite answer to it. And if anyone ever says that you have the wrong answer, ask them why. Oh, yeah. Okay, Always t- ask why. tell me why my answer is wrong. Can you give me a better answer? And if they can't, don't listen to what they say. I would say the right answer that everybody always wants is like trying to get a distance of 200 miles with only 100 miles in your gas tank. I mean, for and you can only drive. It's a completely unattainable goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's, it's just a tough overall question to, to answer. So I guess if you look at it, do we have credibility? Maybe. Do you have credibility? Maybe. It, it really all is in the eye of the beholder. That that is the exact phrase that was really? in my head. Within the eye of the beholder. And I think that I think that's true. That's all we have. Yeah. Um I don't I don't have anything else to say. I no, I'm kind of I'm, I got nothing. Okay, well without further ado, this is episode three of the Pre Professional Podcast. Thanks for listening.